Welcome back. It's a Plank Show. My man Alan is making all the announcements to the golfers. They're getting ready to start this Norman Board of Realtors Golf Tournament. Thanks to Katrina Heim for coming on with us. And as she brought up, they always need help with the counselors, and you can learn more on the Norman Public Schools official website. Also, uh, the I, I guess the best way to put it is there was a $70,000 grant that was given to the Norman Board, and if you were affected by the February tornadoes, you could be in line for assistance just contact the Norman Board office. It's a, it, From what I've understood, it's an easy process to file a claim for assistance, and they have they haven't had a ton of response to it, so they wanted me to make sure to bring it up so that we could talk about it a little bit more or maybe raise a little bit more awareness to it. Uh, this is a pretty good little string from Sooner Gundy on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line who writes, pretty sure KC – are huge beatenball fans after having Brown and Creed. Also, Wanye Morris was a teammate with Trey Smith at Tennessee. So many cool angles to the story of this pick. Talking about Wanye Morris going in the fourth round to the Kansas City Chiefs. And I was laying it out to you about how well Kansas City is drafted on the offensive line. You know, they kind of pick and choose their spots and free agency to go get somebody. But, I mean, you – you look on their offensive line right now, Josh, and the highest drafted offensive lineman as far as rounds is concerned of any of their projected starters is Creed Humphrey, a second-round pick in 2021. So you add Wanye Morris to that makes it right tackle where what? Maybe him and uh, – he's got a chance to start this year unless they're going to unless they're gonna make another move. I mean, it, Juwan Taylor looks like he's the guy that they want to get uh, – that they want to get – at left tackle, but I, I tell you something, man, I'm pretty impressed with the landing spot for Wanya Morris. Let's see just how this pans out overall for Morris in Kansas City. He's absolutely got a chance to start. Uh, wow, yeah. that's wild. I mean, started Andrew Wiley in the Super Bowl, so. <laughs> and he's not there anymore, is he? I don't think so. Yeah. That's wild. That is absolutely wild. All right, hey, true sooner. Welcome to the show. Kicking us off in hour two at 405-329-9000. What's going on, True? Well, I'm not burning my brewing stuff today, but it's close. Last night it was close. Oh, yeah? That was heart- bad. Heartbreak. I'm sorry. That, that. Boston Bruins, by the way, it's hockey people. He's not talking UCLA Bruins. They blew a no. 3-1 series lead, and after Thank winning the President's that. Cup, they're out. Trophies. And, and having, a six, having an all-time 65-win season. Uh and then going and losing two of your last three. Yeah, I mean, it's hard enough to win three or three in a row, and then if you're the eighth seed or whatever, you know, Florida was, but then to go win two out of those three at, at Boston, I mean, just totally caving in. Crazy. Hey, I was going to ask you, Chris, um, did you hear anything about a Kansas player yesterday? I guess it was maybe Friday. Maybe it was Friday. Getting kicked off the team while they were at the OU game Saturday. Did you hear anything about that at all? No. Did it happen? So, uh, I, well, so apparently something like that happened because a friend of mine was over there kind of walking by the bus at the end of the game, and the coach ran up to one of the players and basically said, let me have your glove. And she was like, well, when will I get it back? And he was like, never. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I guess there was some 
words being exchanged out there on the field and he didn't like it. I'm sure there's a history there. It wouldn't be just that. But I just thought I'd ask you if you – Well, but you, here's, here's the thing, though, I will say is um, – so I would assume it would be Rich Willigman. Was it an older-looking gentleman that had taken I, her glove from her? I don't know. I wasn't there. Oh, okay. Like I, said, I was just yeah, yeah. But I just heard they said you're never getting it back. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought huh. maybe you being in the pipeline, you would have heard something. No, no, I, I, I didn't. But I'll tell you, I can find out real quick. I've got, I do have a source, so I can find out real quick if you want me to. But you, you got to remember, this is. This is one of those – Kansas, I thought, and I don't know how you felt watching him this weekend, True, but that's a team, if they can get some pitching, Man. they're going to be a bit of a problem in a couple years in this league, right? If they People don't, people talk about our pitching, and I was over there by the Kansas bullpen watching – and Chris, they were having trouble in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were bouncing the ball to the plate in the bullpen. I mean, it was it was unbelievable. But I was going to say something on Love's Field. I mean, they're going to have to, and I hope they get it done, and I hope that they're going to work their butts off this summer. But they're going to have to work into the night because you don't build a stadium like that in a year unless people are going full throttle. You know, um, I mean, big houses take a year nowadays. So they must be having, they must be really on the, we're going to work overtime. We're going to get that bonus. Uh, we're going to get it done in April or March or April, whatever it is. But I mean, I, I would, man, I'd be a little bit skeptical that that's going to be done for the first game. I'm skeptical, but then again, I'm skceptical on everything. Um, I mean, um, that's just kind of me by nature. Hey, true. Before you get out of here, what what oh, did yeah. you th- yeah. what did you think of the Raiders draft? I mean, I, you know, when you when you've had the bad taste of uh, ten years in a row or whatever it's been, um, you know. It, but 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 as far as what's happening, it seems like I like the kids from Texas Tech. You know, his foot his his foot thing is a concern. Um, you know, breaking your foot that's not a good thing, especially when you weigh as much as he does. But I mean, Baby Gronk. I think Baby Gronk. I think you know. I mean, I've always liked him. And I think he he could definitely bring them some help. You know, especially losing the losing the tight end. Uh, but I mean, I you know Kuiper gave him a B minus, which he usually gives us a D. So, what? What's your? Uh, what was your thoughts on it? Oh, I, I, I liked it. I, I guess maybe from my perspective, true. I just wanted to see players who could actually play, and I know right. that's the most minimal expectation. Like for instance, right now, the starting offensive line for Oklahoma uh, for uh, the Ve- the Vegas Raiders next year is uh, Jermaine. Elamanyor at right tackle, Alex Bars at right guard, uh, Dylan Parham at left guard, Andre James at center, and then the only person that you've actually drafted in the first round that plays for the Raiders, uh, Colton Miller at left tackle. I I just want someone outside of Colton Miller to be somewhat serviceable on that offensive line. I mean, you look at their secondary names like Duke Shelley, uh, Marcus Epps, Tyler Hall. I just want some dudes that can play, and I feel like in, you know, in maybe you know Tyree Wilson, and hopefully you mentioned Baby Gronk, yep. uh, Michael Mayer. I just I want some dudes that can go out there and and stick around for a while. So very minimal expectations, but I kind of felt like 
I kind of I, I kind of felt like true they set themselves up to kind of low key put themselves in position for a high draft pick next year, if you know what I'm saying. Well yeah, and it does seem like that, you know, with the offensive line not protecting you know, you know, they didn't get blamed for you know, you know, Derek Carr got blamed for everything, of course. Um, but it does seem like that man, if they could just get a couple of guys that could you know, Josh Jacobs had a had a great year last year despite of the offensive line, but it does seem like if they could gel a little bit, you know, and have have a couple of years together, three years together, and have a, some good offensive linemen that it could really help this team. See you, buddy. See you, man. I like the pick of Wilson. I like the pick of Mayer. And that's it. <laughs> I mean, whatever people are like, Aiden O'Connell. No, I watched Aiden O'Connell play at Purdue. We're good. I mean, it. It's not anyone that's going to factor into this conversation. I didn't watch. I didn't watch Aiden O'Connell and suddenly go, bro. Someone's getting Tom Brady from Aiden O'Connell. I think it's a cool story. Obviously, he's been through a lot. So I'm glad that I'm glad that he got drafted. But this isn't someone that I think about when you watch Dak Prescott play at Mississippi State. You thought it's kind of a dude. It's got a chance. Let's see what happens. When I watch, you know, when I watched Max Duggan play at TCU, I thought, huh, that's that's kind of a dude. That that guy, and he ends up going to what fifth, sixth round to the Los Angeles Chargers to be their backup. Um, I I watched Bryce Young, Josh. I thought that was a dude. I didn't watch Will Levis and think, look out, or I didn't watch Aiden O'Connell and think, oh my gosh, watch out, NFL. Jay Kaner, who ended up going to New Orleans to back up Derek Carr. I mean, I just kind of felt like it was a pretty, outside of, say, maybe Bryce Young and to a certain extent C.J. Stroud, I think it was like a, well, I hope things turn out okay. I I know this guy's a freak athlete, and he looks good in the case of Richardson and Levis, so I hope things pan out. Or in the case of of Hinton Hooker and his knee injury, I hope he can return. I just – I didn't really feel like there was a massive – earth-shattering quarterback out there beyond maybe Bryce Young. And you look at some of the young, highly successful quarterbacks in the National Football League, and and there's some common threads, which maybe we could uh, repeat, you know, rinse, wash, repeat the same exercise most any decade. But, for example, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, what what do each of those two characteristically share? Well, they were not necessarily in winning college football programs. Is but, that? But physically, they they just oh. they, they you know they can throw it for days. Freak athletes, yeah, right. Exactly. Okay, so they've got yeah. that. And then I look at Joe Burrow and I look at Jalen Hurts, and you've got a pair of guys that were highly highly productive. Right. College quarterbacks, which is sort of won a lot like, of games. Yeah, kind of the opposite of of Levis and some of these other names that that we're talking about. So the the portfolio is there for say a cj stroud and a bryce young and then it's not really there for a couple of those other guys that you mentioned based on what has correlated recently to the national football league and successful quarterbacks Mm. love it and i think here's here's where i worry about a couple of these guys right i don't think Anthony Richardson should play in his first year. I think that he should sit and learn like Patrick Mahomes did. like, And everyone is like, oh, Mahomes is the only example that you got. Bro, we could go back to the – we could go back to Aaron Rodgers and Phillip Rivers and 
Steve McNair, may he rest in peace. Um, gosh, we could go back to Kenny Stabler if you wanted to. You know, back in the day, you would draft a guy early and, and you would give him time to kind of matriculate into the system. But anymore, you know, you draft a guy in that top 10 and he's got to go play for you. Usually because your quarterback sucks, but even now you've got to get him out there to play. And I just – I don't think that's the best recipe for Anthony Richardson. But I hope he proves me wrong. I don't think you're going to have to deal with that with Will Levis, so let's see how he develops. But in Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, Josh, they didn't draft – and now in Anthony Richardson, they didn't draft them to sit. You know, they don't have Alex Smith there that they can play at quarterback and let him groom, uh, groove. Or who was it in, in Houston that they were going to have play for a little bit? But I think Deshaun Watson won the job right away. I mean, it's just – you you're drafting him high now and you expect him to play. And that's the expectation at quarterbacks now. Well, and Indianapolis has, has been a team that we feel like roster wise outside of quarterback is decent, right? Is, is pretty good. I mean, a lot of times when you're drafting that high up in the draft, it means the the roster stanks. There's a lot of problems up and down the roster. And I, I think a lot of NFL folks would tell you they don't feel quite that pronounced way about Indianapolis, that maybe Anthony Richardson could step in and, you know, a couple of pieces here or there, they they could be a factor in the South. All right, quick break. It is 10-16 on a Monday. We are at the trails today to celebrate the Norman Board of Realtors annual golf tournament. Thanks to Katrina Heim for jumping on with us. Uh, Doug Quinn may join us a little bit later on to kind of tell us how you can help out. We'll hit your text coming up next. But I I, I did want to dive into a little bit more softball slash baseball from this weekend. So we'll talk some Diamond Sports next right here on The Ref. Are you getting this emergency alert too, Josh Helmer? Do we need to uh, inform the people? Missing, endangered, Ivy Webster, age 14, white female, and Brittany Brewer. So, um, at-risk persons, Ivy Webster, 14 years old, Brittany Brewer, 16 years old, and according to what I've seen, they're looking for what is a white extended cab Chevy, gosh, truck. Let me let me just go ahead and read this real quick. Uh, Ivy Webster and Brittany Brewer were last seen uh at, let's see 1740 hours so what yesterday at 540 at an address in Henry Etta Webster was last seen wearing a black Vans hoodie blue jeans with large holes in the knee and black shoes flowers and white tennis shoes both are possibly traveling in a white Chevy Avalanche with Jesse L McFadden if you see call 911 at risk, missing, endangered. Oof, gosh, that's that's tough. So we'll we'll continue to monitor that uh, and let you know if we have any updates. Josh, we haven't talked a ton about softball this weekend, but I just I wanted to get your general take. Um, I thought I thought Saturday was was one of the best games of the year that they played. They threw a no hitter. They uh, only one runner reached base 
for Kansas, one. The Sooners had a, let's see, an eight-run first inning and then scored three in the third and three in the fourth. They they hit 667 with runners on base. They were 7 of 10 with runners in scoring position. They scored in every opportunity they had with a runner on third and less than two outs. They converted on 70% of their advancement opportunities. And, oh, by the way, of the 60 60 pitches between Kirsten Deal and Nicole May, 42 strikes, 18 balls. It was absolutely a complete performance on Saturday. In fact, it was a complete performance all weekend long. I just – I was thoroughly impressed with the way they looked this week, and I thought it was one of their best all-around games in 2023. 37 in a row? Is that the number for Oklahoma? I think we're at 30 – 37, yeah, 37 in a row. Yeah, obviously uh, perfect. That t- doesn't that show you how spoiled I am? You're like, is it 37 in a row? And I'm like, ah, might 37, be, 38, might something like that. Might be a little like bit that. more, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Amazing, um, amazing uh, the consistency, the dominance of this program to uh, to go out and take care of business versus a Kansas team like that. A couple of run rules and then, uh, you know, obviously the, the final game, very impressive there as well. Teams on fire. Any concerns we had about the bats? I feel like uh, we can we can put the rest a little bit. Yeah, I think so. Now again, there's also, you know, Kansas beat Texas, put nine runs on them. Um, they just won a series in Lubbock, another one of those teams that everyone kind of had considered a bit of an upstart team. So, to me, this is this is one of those wins that, you know, again just. Kansas isn't a very good team, but they've got some sneaky good wins this year. They really do. And I'm not going to lie to you. I thought that I thought that there was a chance that they might play a little bit tighter in one of the games than they actually did. But, you know, it, it's just that's what happens when you're the best team in college softball, and that's where Oklahoma is right now. They are just playing better than anyone else. And, you know, UCLA starting to play well. They swept Utah over the weekend pretty convincingly. Uh, Utah seems like they're leaking a little oil right now. Um, I, I think it was Tennessee's trying to win their series against Arkansas. But you start looking around, teams. there's some teams making a move to where you're like, all right, let's watch out. Florida State, Clemson, and, and UCLA. But there's other teams that you thought might be contenders. Oklahoma State, um, Utah. Uh, Utah's one of the best teams I've seen this year you know there's other teams that you see that aren't necessarily playing their best ball so count me among those who who looks back from this weekend josh and was thoroughly impressed with what i saw as you should be as you should be and we we shouldn't expect any different right chance to go capture a big 12 championship obviously uh, got it got to go sweep the thing and take care of business and sure enough that's exactly what Oklahoma's yeah. able to do given the opportunity. I, I wanted to because I've been so high on the way that they played on Saturday I wanted to play what Coach Gasso had to say in our pregame conversation but for some reason my uh, my editing software, boy that sounded fancy didn't it, isn't necessarily agreeing with me. So I'll just – I'll give you the raw audio here of Coach and I pregame yesterday. Overall, just solid performance. Yeah, I don't even know how to explain it except they were feeling good. They've got great energy before the game, during the game. 
Hard hit balls, early attack. When you get eight nothing in the first inning, you take your calling card and you kind of put it back in its folder because there's just not a lot you're going to do now. So it was a good problem to have. Defense still outstanding. I thought Nicole May was in complete control, very efficient with her outing. Very pleased with the overall performance. Take me through that moment for Gray Screen. The just to see her, the ultimate teammate, have that moment was pretty cool. Yeah, don't make me do this again. Okay. I felt very emotional yesterday in the post-game press conference. <clears throat> you know, Grace has been like kind of the motherly figure for this program. And very wonderful heart, very wonderful young woman. She came here, had a great freshman year, and then just things started to break down on her a little bit with her shoulder and had some family things going on that uh, were tough to deal with like deaths in a family things like that her mom had some health issues and things just kind of like her shoulders just been an issue for so long it's just really hard for her to throw the ball for a long period of time so her role got diminished some but it never changed her approach to the our team, the love of the game, the love of this team, finding ways to help us win. And she just has been very patient and waiting and that opportunity, she made the most of it. And I just felt like I was kind of another version of her mother when she's (laughs) rounding third. I just like, I just felt very emotional for that moment for her because she's been waiting for it for so long. I know you were happy. I know it was emotional, but I know what else made you happy. How about that defense yesterday? Yes, they're pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) We're pretty spoiled. You know, everybody sees it like, wow, and we get to see it every day. And I'm always, unfortunately, kind of the pessimist, like, okay, ball's in the hole. There's no way Grace is going to get the ball there in time. (laughs) Or uh, that's such a play. Burritos is almost by our dugout. There's no way she's going to, you know, they keep shoving it in my face (laughs) but I believe they can do it I just always take that approach maybe because I'm more wowed when they do do it but I'm um I'm just been I'm really pleased with every part of our game I really feel this team is just so complete and really hitting on all cylinders that makes me feel a little bit better listening back to that, how high I was on their performance on Saturday, Josh. Um, that was Coach prior to the Sunday first pitch. So Oklahoma rolls through the weekend. Here's what the week ahead looks like for us. We're heading to Tulsa tomorrow for the uh, f- makeup game from last week. We'll be on the air 445. Unique start time, 5 o'clock first pitch tomorrow night. So 5 o'clock first pitch in Tulsa tomorrow night. Look forward to seeing everyone in the 918. And then this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, in Stillwater against Oklahoma State. Anything else kind of lingering from this weekend, softball-wise, we need to touch on? I'm glad she brought up Grace Green. I thought that was a cool moment on Saturday. I I love Grace Green so much. It was, you know, she was given her diploma before the, the game on Sunday, and it was – I saw her whenever she had her robe on. I'd walk back because I was getting some water, and there's no bathroom lines in the locker room, so I just sneak back there. And uh, I, I saw Grace, and I was just, I mean, you get emotional whenever you think about that's someone that has been a part of not just this program, but the, this university, this community since 2019. And 
things didn't necessarily go for her the way that she wanted. You heard Coach laid out after the, you know, the 2019 season, COVID. She was playing well in 2020 when the season shut down, then had a shoulder injury that cost her a lot of early time in 2021. Uh, it, it made it where she really can't throw the ball the way that she wants, and she fought hard to get back and got dinged up with a back injury in 2022. And I just – I'm so grateful that I got to know her and that I've got to cover her and I've got to be around Grace Green. She is going to do great things as a whatever she wants to do. But I am um, I was real I thought that was a cool moment, Josh. And whenever you think about seniors that don't get an opportunity to play as much and they have a moment like she did that weekend, this past week, and that's really cool. Somebody that's been around for so many great moments, but again has sacrificed sure. for this program. Those those are the types of individuals that, yeah, you, you want to see that moment for. Really cool. All right, quick break. Hey, when we come back, you know, we were talking earlier with uh, Katrina Heim. Dan Quinn's going to join us and tell us everything the Norman Board of Realtors has been doing. Get a quick update on uh, maybe how you can get involved in this tournament next year because there is some awesome potential prizes that you can walk away with. So we'll do that next as we're hanging out at the trails on a Monday with the Plank Show. Long time. <laughs> Welcome back to the Plank Show. We are at the trails today, and that is Dan Quinn. Um, man, Dan, I think we were talking about this being our first remote that we ever did. Yeah. Was here at the trails when the show started in 2016. You may have been our first guest that we had on probably as was. well, too. Either, either I or, or Joe Siano, maybe. The yeah, yeah, that that's right. That's right. But, so. um, man, this this event continues to, to be a must-attend, and, well, the Norman Board of Realtors does so much that we don't even know, don't they? They do, and and this is just one of the events that we have that that supports uh, nonprofits or the schools. And uh, this one has, for the last twelve years, I think, been the uh, has had the Norman Public Schools Counseling Department to uh, to help benefit those students that are sh- for some reason having to go without oh. something educationally. And uh, we uh, the group uh, we we're kind of limited to thirty six teams, but we do have a we, we we look forward to having as many as we can, and and all that all the money we get that goes above expenses goes straight to the schools. What is the um? I don't know if we can go all the way back to the to birth and the foundation of it. Well, what kind of got this started, and not just the event like this, but bringing all the realtors together? Before I became a realtor, which was over twenty years ago, mm-hmm. they were doing this tournament, but really? they had they had nonprofits as their as their uh, beneficiaries, and. Uh, I became chairman maybe four or five years after I got on, and, and we moved towards supporting the Norman Public Schools, especially those students that were that were having to go without, mm-hmm. either without supplies, without, and we have other things, other groups that help with that. But uh, say a kid, uh, say the house has a fire and mm-hmm. they lose things. Well, there's nothing set up for that, so they can use that money to help support those kids if they need to. If they've had some kids that uh, are unable to attend. Uh, a social event like the prom or something, they may use some of the money to do that to help them with that. It's things that kids should have, should be able to enjoy without any kind of problems, but can't. And mm-hmm. so anything that they can do, and they're, they do a great job with the money. So um, you're giving back to NPS Count, Norman Public Schools in general, but counseling, uh, you brought Katrina by to chat with us. She was great. That's a big need right now, isn't it? It is. It is. Is uh, I think we. I was talking with her earlier, and we have uh, – a couple hundred kids in the Norman Public Schools that are homeless, mm. and uh, some of them are going from couch to couch with other with families, and but others are just homeless and having to having to fend for themselves. They may be living with their with their mother in a car, 
or something like that. So, but this helps support those kids with their educational needs that they don't get a chance to do. So uh, why aren't you out there playing right now? It's a gorgeous day, Dan. What's wrong? I used to play. In fact, I used to sponsor a team. But uh, <laughs> as I've gotten to this point in my life, <laughs> my shoulders give out, my knees give out. and Everything uh, hurts. After I had those surgeries, I said, you know what? I'll just enjoy watching this and helping get it started. So, what's, uh, what's the best advice we can give people that want to help? I mean, obviously, maybe there's – uh, maybe there's people that hear this today that aren't aware of the Norman Board of Realtors. Maybe there's people that have heard this today and aren't aware of the need for Norman schools. I mean, I, the advice I give them is sign up for next year. That's or right. you can get out here and buy a raffle ticket, right. too. Well, they can talk to anybody that's a member of the board and ask them how to get onto it because uh, they just need contact the board office and say, I would really like to do this. We have uh, affiliates who are people that uh, – the companies that help support the realtor mm-hmm. experience, the home buying experience. Uh, we have title companies, we have banks, we have lenders, we have uh, construction company insurance people that uh, support this by providing teams or by or pay, sponsoring a whole. And we're always looking for more of those. And uh, anybody that can help would be more than well appreciated. Well, um, and there's a lot of people that have come together. I, I'm just some of the different signage out here. It's an opportunity to not only, you know, market and, and get to know different realtors, different people within the industry, but it's also a chance to kind of promote your product too, isn't it? It is. And we'll have, um, well, we've got 18 holes and 18 tees, so we've got 36 sponsors out there that are providing uh, opportunities to get to know each other better and also get to re- recognize that their company is out there and they're willing to help too. So It's awesome, man. How are you feeling about this softball team right now? I'm loving it. <laughs> Who's not? <laughs> I mean, I, I want to go back a few years. You remember yeah, go when, ahead. when Sherry Cole came to basketball? Right. And it was a dead sport at that time. Yeah. And you see what happened with her in her first 25 years that she was there and brought mm-hmm. it up and even almost filled the house several times. The same thing's happened with, ba- with softball. Patty has done a great job mm-hmm. bringing in the kids, winning, uh, and it's showing up. And people are... I think I think Sherry helped revive women's basketball mm-hmm. to what it, what it is today, and I think Patty has has been the leader of that for softball across the board. Across you know, the you board, know, and not just here. You know, if, if I can nerd out for a moment, because you know this, because you followed it for a while, I've got a couple minutes here. Softball was very much a West Coast sport. Mm-hmm. It was it was UCLA, Cal, Arizona. These right. were the dominant pieces, right. and year in and year out. I mean, in fact. I want to say before Oklahoma won the national championship in 2020, or excuse me, in 2000, I want to say that only two schools that were not Pac-12 related had won the previous 10 years or something. Exactly. And they go out and they not only won it in 2000, uh, maybe hit a little bit of a low, you know, but then all of a sudden they come back with the Kalani Ricketts of the world and and seemingly since about 2011, I mean, it's just, it's another level. I was... uh... Looking at the on the website today, or looking at the the computer, and saw that we have five girls that have been nominated for yeah. player of the year, top twenty five. Yes, it's yeah. unbelievable that one team would do that, especially a midwestern team. The the, the entire pitching staff. Yes, you know, they all three of your pitchers that have pitched massive innings, and that's just unheard of. It's been it, it's been as is rewarding, I think, of a run as we've had for Sooner Athletics. And I think there are more girls on the team that could have been nominated for that. Sure. They, you can't give it all to, to, to the University of Oklahoma. That's right. they got to mix it up a little bit. That little girl bit. from Clemson is, is really good, she too. She is. She is. And, been, and, you know, I think it's it's helped with the uh, the vision of it 
on ESPN mm-hmm. yep. and, and television has picked it up. And if you look, there may be three baseball games and there will be two softball games on right. one of the ESPN networks. I, 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 and then this is where I get greedy, though. I wish they would continue to do more because I don't – I think there is – in college baseball, I think, is in this too, to where you suddenly start paying attention to it now. You know, ESPN did their Tuesday night games. And that right. was really cool, right? They had the OU – uh, Florida State right, game that right. they put on. They, I mean, they, I wish that early season games were given a little bit more coverage than they are. I do too. And but you know, talk about baseball. They had a heck of a run last year. Yeah, too. no, that was fun. And it was a Norman kid that did that. The, the pitcher of Cade. Horton yeah, did, yeah, did Cade Horton. Great job. Cade Horton just help help lead them. I love there. watching it, and they get a big win this week and taking two or three from Kansas. They but do. It's a good time to be a Diamond Swords fan right it now, is. isn't it? It is. Hey, again, before I let you go, uh, what else can we tell people about getting involved in this? I know there's raffle tickets that you can come by and get we have purchase uh, i should say we're not just handing them out we have <laughs> we have the opportunity to win baskets from uh, several different affiliates who have brought these out and sponsored they donated those baskets and our our tickets are five dollars a piece or 25 dollars for, for five or 20 dollars for five and and uh put your biscuit basket in put the ticket in the basket and you may win it and uh, we've got probably 17 or 18 nominee, uh, 18 baskets out there that are available so and also just remember do everything you can to support the normal public schools absolutely dan thanks buddy always Thank enjoy you, being out here appreciate it buddy you, man that's good stuff we'll take a break we'll come back hit the text line and get some calls rolling next and the top five stories of the day on the ref all right let's get a couple of texts real quick 405-651-3439 pumped to have knipple chevrolet as our new text line sponsor appreciate the hard work of the uh the sales crew Knippelmeyer Chevrolet. Hit us up at Knippelmeyer, K-N-I-P-P-L-E-M-I-E-R.com. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Camo Sooner. By the way, Josh, we're at the trails. I don't know if you – it's a gorgeous day. I mean, I'm kind of thinking about – I got the clubs in the back seat, you know, just happen to be like, oh, I'm sorry I'm late. I'm on your team. If I see someone with an empty slot (laughs) So far, I don't think there's any extra carts to be had around here. But where the trails for the uh, Norman Board of Realtors annual golf tournament to support the Norman Public Schools. Camo Sooner writes, did anybody else notice that the Kansas softball and baseball teams wore the exact same uniforms on Friday? I know that's a weird observation, but I thought it was interesting. Um, You know what? I didn't see any highlights from baseball on Friday night. So the baseball Jayhawks. Won the same, wore the same baby blues that the Kansas softball team did. I thought the uniforms were fire from Kansas on Friday. I love, Josh, that light powder blue look that they sported. Powder blue is always a pretty nice look. I mean, it just it is oh, what it is. It was that's, salty. That's easily my favorite, has always been my favorite Royals uniform. So, powder blue, man, something about it. It's nice. Um. Brandon Bartlesville writes, it would be interesting to know more of the history of Marita Hines, of who she was and her influence on OU softball before the complex is abandoned. Well, I mean, I don't I don't think you're going to lose that tie to Marita once we move to Love's Field. Um, I, I'm, there, there's got to be some sort of tip of the cap to Marita and to Coach Casso whenever it comes to naming of, I would assume, different aspects and angles of what's going to be the benchmark for college softball. Marita's awesome. You 
You know what, Brad? Should we get her on the show? She listens. She listens to our show in New Mexico. She's out in New Mexico. She told me, she's like, I listen to you guys all the time. All it would take, Brad, is probably me saying, hey, Marita, I'm going to call you tomorrow. I'm going to get you on the show. She's great. She is great. Um, This is good for the 405. Hey, guys, did you see the video of Dallas drafting uh, Deuce Vaughn and his dad got to make the call because he's a scout for the Cowboys? If you haven't seen it, watch it. One of the best things from the weekend. I'm going to tell you, I'm getting old, so everything makes me emotional. But whenever his dad <laughs> when his dad said, you will come work with me next week, I was like, oh, how cool is that? Those, those, There were two awesome moments like that, man. Dallas drafting Deuce Vaughn and then the Steelers drafting Joey Porter Jr. One of the shows, I uh, the two draft shows I did on Friday and Saturday night, or Thursday and Friday night, I did it with Max Starks who was with the Steelers for a long time, won a Super Bowl with him, part of that uh, offensive line with he and Big Willie and, and that that group. They were dominant. And he's like, man, Joey Porter was – Joey Porter Jr. was this little kid that would be running around the locker room and, you know, he'd be picking him up and throwing him around. It was awesome. So to, to see Joey Porter Jr. end up in Pittsburgh and to see Deuce Vaughn and, and the call from his dad. And I, you know what? I got to say something. I, I know Jerry Jones gets clowned a lot. But Jerry Jones making it clear that, hey, we didn't just draft you because your dad works here. He's like, you you earned this. And I tell you, I love the fit for him in Dallas, right? Tony Pollard coming off an injury. They haven't really done too terribly much in the, in the free agency at the running back position. I know that Jerry said the door isn't closed to bring back potentially Ezekiel Elliott, but I thought that was one of the coolest moments from the weekend. No doubt. Incredible moment. So cool. Tugs at the heartstrings. You oh. love that. And I like I liked me some Deuce Vaughn, man. I like me some Deuce Vaughn. The Our Lads depth chart already has Deuce Vaughn listed as the backup running back to Tony Pollard. Not bad. Not bad for Deuce Vaughn who goes in, what, the sixth round to be listed as the potential backup already. Yes, I saw it. Yes, it was awesome. Yes, I'm glad you mentioned it. The 405 asks a good question. What happened to the Oklahoma State softball team? Also, is OU still on for playing Tulsa tomorrow night? Uh, Yes to the second. Uh, 5 o'clock first pitch. We'll be on the air with a 445 pregame show. So I'm excited to get to the 918. I haven't been on campus in a minute, and I miss my alma mater. So it'll be fun to be back up in Tulsa. And Tulsa played Wichita State tight yesterday. Only lost 2-1 to one after getting run ruled the day before. And every time that Oklahoma goes to play at Tulsa, it usually ends up being a good challenge for them. As to what happened to Oklahoma State softball team, well, uh, I'm doing the deep dive this week. You know, Kenny Gajewski – after the game on Saturday when they lost, I kind of, I was kind of shocked to see that the Oklahoma State softball Twitter feed posted this, but he basically called the team out. He was like, "They got to figure this out," and I'm like, "You're the coach," but he said, "It's on our. We've got to figure it out, and they've got to figure it out." And you know, it's there's a combination of things. They they're in a bit of a hitting rut. They've struggled, and They've just – Lexi Kilfoyle has been okay, but hasn't been elite, and they've 
they've thrown Kelly Maxwell a lot of innings. And I think she's the best pitcher or came into the season as one of the best pitchers in college softball. And, you know, Oklahoma State kind of did the inverse of what I've seen them do over the last five to six years. You know, typically Oklahoma State starts out slow, and then by the end of the season you're like, okay, this College World Series team, look out. This year they started out like a ball of fire, right? Their only loss I think was early to Maryland, and had some big wins. And now, you know, you're losing games to Iowa State. You lost a game in the series to Texas Tech. You got swept by Texas, and Texas is really good. Um, But Texas shouldn't be sweeping Oklahoma State. So I know it's tough to go on the road and play there um, for Oklahoma State going to Austin. But I'll, I'll do that deep dive this week, and we'll go a little bit further. And one more, one more softball note, Josh. The 918 writes, do you agree with the relief pitcher in Saturday's game and not letting Nicole May finish the no-hitter? Friend, fellow 918-er, I've learned a very, very, very important lesson. I never questioned Patty Gasso. That's it. Never. There's a method to the madness. And I'll tell you what, she'll know. You know, she'll have the she'll, uh, no hitter, but they needed to get Kirsten Deal some innings. And it was senior day on Sunday. So I don't think Nicole May had a problem with it. In fact, I know she didn't. And I know it was the call to make sure they got a few, uh, at least an innings worth of work for Kirsten Deal. How about this? Would I have loved to see Nicole May finish out the no-no? You bet. But to me, it adds to it when when you bring in Kirsten Deal and she keeps that no-no alive by getting three outs. Good question. Someone paying attention this weekend. I like it. Quick break. We're back with the top five stories of the day next.